Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. So then we see that Saul confesses that he sinned. He asks David to return. He tells David that he won't harm him anymore. Saul acknowledges his error and he acknowledges his wrongdoing. David then says, All right, here's your spear. Send one of your young guys over here to get it. But in doing so, David says this May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. Sometimes the hardest thing to do in life is to forgive someone that has wronged you. Saul was hunting David down, trying to kill him. Yet David honored God by not killing Saul and by forgiving him. It has been said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. Now let's join Pastor Eric for today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. People can come against you daily to harm you, intentionally and even non-intentionally. But you have a choice either to take vengeance against them or you can extend grace and mercy to them. Why would you want to extend grace and mercy to them? Well, grace and mercy, if it's truly understood, changes a person. I mean, you look at the story that we read in the beginning. By the principal taking the punishment that was supposed to be given to the rebellious student, it painted a picture for that student, don't you think? Here is a man who is getting ready to whoop him with the belt across his arms, And instead, he folds the student's arms and takes it and says, I want you to count. And he takes out his arms and he rolls up the sleeves and he takes the belt himself. As the student was watching this, grace was being taught. Just as the principal said that he wanted the student to learn. Crack, crack. As he sees this, it would, you would see that you, what you deserve is being taken by somebody else should drive you to not to do wrong. Not to do wrong. Imagine that student seeing the principal take, taking that. Every time he was faced with the decision to hurt somebody, don't you think that image came back into his mind? Man, my principal took this from me. I'm not going to shove Tommy's face in the sandbox anymore. Seeing somebody else take something that you deserve may cause you to feel broken, maybe even ashamed. Man, that person doesn't deserve. I deserve it. Why are they doing that? After seeing the principal take the belt, I would truly believe that the rebellious student would have thought of the scene before he hurt somebody else. See, God offers his grace and mercy to everyone, to every man, every woman, every child. And the grace of God was given and the mercy of God was demonstrated so that we would then consider our ways so that we wouldn't continue in the wicked ways, that we would turn from them. Because here, God has sent his only begotten Jesus, his only begotten son, to take on what we deserve. Although we were not there to see it, we have read about it and we believe it. We've seen the movies display the pictures and it was much, much worse, I would imagine. God's grace has been extended. His mercy was demonstrated through Jesus. The heart of God is that all man comes to repentance. He desires that none should perish. And in order for that to happen... 
God has extended his grace and his mercy to man in hopes that his grace and his mercy would change the heart of man. And oh, by the way, grace and mercy is fueled by love. The Bible tells us that it is because of this kindness from God, this kindness leads us, man, to repentance. Repentance meaning a 180 degree change of the heart. My friends tonight, the heart of God lives in his children who believe in his name. You and I have a choice. The choice is we choose to demonstrate God's grace and extend his mercy to those who have harmed us, or we choose not to. By extending the gift of grace through mercy, that person who harms you can see God's kindness. By choosing to offer grace and mercy, that person will be exposed to, the, to God's kindness. And it's by God's kindness that one is led to repentance. Hearts don't change with harsh and hateful punishment. Instead, they grow more bitter and further away from peace. Extending grace and mercy is hard, isn't it? (laughs) We naturally want to punish for wrongdoing, but that's an area that we all need help from, from the Lord. And I pray that God personally helps me to become more gracious, more merciful, because I truly, I truly, my friends, want to see people experience and see the kindness of God. To those who have received the gift of grace and mercy from God, don't trample it under your foot. Don't discard this precious gift. May we consider our ways and see the kindness behind the grace and the mercy. Because later in the book of 1 Samuel, we will see the results of one who trampled grace and mercy underfoot. So let's continue in our study tonight, verses 13 through 25. We'll see what happens that David now has extended grace and mercy to King Saul. It says in verse 13, Now David went over to the other side and stood on the top of the hill afar off, a great distance being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your Lord the king? For one of, your, one of the people came in to destroy the Lord the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die. Because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. Verse 17, then Saul knew David's voice and said, is that your voice, my son, David? And David said, it is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, why does my Lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done or what evil is in my hand? Now, therefore, please let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. 
But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day for sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go serve other gods. Verse 20. So now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, and when one hunts a partridge in the mountains, then Saul said, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, here is the king's spear, let one of your young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. David, as we see, as he he spared Saul's life, he goes over to a hill. He goes over to that hill, a good distance away from Saul. And David calls out to Abner, Saul's commander, his main guy. And he calls out to Abner. He says, hey, are you not a man? (laughs) Why have you not guarded the king? These things that you have done deserve death because you have not protected the Lord's anointed. David proves his words are true by showing King Saul's spear in his water jug. Hey, Abner, hello, I've got his spear and I've got his water jug. Could you imagine the heart of Abner seeing that your king's spear and water jug is in the hand of David? Could you imagine? I have failed. I've, I've, I've blown it. David is proclaiming to him, you're his main guy and yet you can't spare his life, but I did and I'm the one who's being pursued. I care enough for him. (laughs) the heart within Abner probably was just going crazy. (laughs) David proves his words are true. Saul, hearing the words of David, knew that it was David's voice. And he said, is that you, David? And David responds in a humble response. It is I, my Lord, O king, David then asks, why are you pursuing your servant? What have I done? What evil is in my hand? Isn't this not what we read a couple weeks ago? The same conversation. What have I done wrong? And David asked Saul to listen to him. David asked Saul, if the Lord has stirred you to come up against me, then I will make an offering to him. Speaking of God, David is saying he would repent to the Lord if he was about harming the king. But then David continues and says, but if it is because of man, let them be cursed because they have driven me out of the inheritance of the Lord. Meaning because of this whole pursuing thing, David is not able to go into the temple of God and worship the one true God in the temple. They've been, he's been forced out amongst these nations that didn't worship the true God, the surroundings. And so David therefore pleads to Saul and he says, hey, man, <laughs> 
Don't let my blood fall to the earth. But here's the reality, my friends. This murderous heart was not coming from man. It was coming within Saul. There was bitterness within Saul against David. And Saul was engulfed with this bitterness. So then we see that Saul confesses that he sinned. He asks David to return. He tells David that he won't harm him anymore. Saul acknowledges his error, and he acknowledges his wrongdoing. David then says, all right, here's your spear. Send one of your young guys over here to get it. But in doing so, David says this, may the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. David tells Saul, His life was valued. And because his life was valued, he asked the Lord to value his life. And David reminds Saul, it is the Lord who will deliver me from all tribulation. The Lord will deliver me from all my tribulation, Saul. Saul responds, blessed be you, David. Blessed, blessed, be blessed, David. And you will do great things. And you will continue to prevail. Then we see at the end of the chapter that the two of them departed their ways. They departed their ways. So David points out to Saul once again that his life had been spared. David makes it known though, doesn't he? He makes it known that he will be blessed because of his righteousness and his faithfulness in the Lord's eyes. David also makes it known that God, that God, his God would deliver him from all tribulation. As you extend grace and mercy to those around you, the Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you. He will bless you because you have extended the heart of God to that person. You extended grace and mercy because you truly want them to change from their wicked ways. Do you see how that's the heart of God? God wants man to turn from their wicked, sinful ways. And so he has offered an extended grace and mercy for that to happen. Because remember, it's the Lord's kindness, it's God's kindness that leads man to repentance. So when you extend grace and mercy, truly from a heart that is sincere, a heart that represents God, the Lord will bless you. Giving grace and mercy, again, is not easy, as I mentioned. But please take rest when you hear these words of the Lord through David. Let the Lord, like God, deliver you out of all your tribulation. Those words right there are very peaceful, very encouraging, knowing that there's things that are coming against us daily, weekly, monthly, even yearly, that we cannot handle. Let the Lord deliver you out of all your tribulation. The Lord is faithful. God is good. And he will deliver you out of all tribulation. The battle belongs to the Lord, extending grace and mercy so people can receive the peace of God. That's what God is asking us to do. And it falls in line with the commandment that Jesus gave, love others as you love yourself. Extend that grace. You've experienced grace and mercy, and now you have peace? Then share it with somebody else so that they too can see the kindness of God. Again, to receive this grace and mercy 
Please consider your ways and accept the kindness of God. God has extended grace. He has extended mercy so that you can have peace. Have you truly received God's grace and his mercy? Examine the heart. Let God examine the heart. And may God's kindness lead you to repentance. And so tonight, as I conclude what the Lord has just really placed on my heart, I want to share another story with you. I shook my head in disbelief that this couldn't be the right place after all. I couldn't possibly be welcome here. I had been given an invitation several times by several different people and had finally decided to see what this place was all about. But this just couldn't be the right place. Quickly, I glanced down at the invitation that I clutched in my hand. I scanned past the words, come as you are, no jacket required, and found the location. Yes, I was at the right place. I peered through the window again and saw a room of people whose faces seemed to glow with joy. All were neatly dressed, adorned in fine garments, and appeared strangely clean as they dined in this exquisite, man, I love the support of this church, exquisite restaurant. Ashamed, I looked down at my own tattered and torn clothing, covered in stains. I was dirty, in fact, filthy. A foul smell to consume me, and I couldn't shake the grime that clung to my body. As I turned around to leave, the words from the invitation seemed to leap out at me, come as you are, no jacket required. I decided to give it a shot. Mustering up every bit of courage I could find, I opened the door to this restaurant and walked up to the man standing behind the podium. Your name, sir? He asked me with a smile. Richard W. Cossey. I mumbled without looking up. I thrust my hands deep into my pockets, hoping to conceal the stains. He didn't seem to notice the filth that I was covered in, and he continued. Very good, sir. A table is reserved in your name. Would you like to be seated? I couldn't believe what I heard. A grin broke out of my face, and I said, yes, of course. He led me to the table, and sure enough, there was a placard with my name written on it in deep dark red. As I browsed over the menu, I saw many delightful items listed. There were things like peace, joy, blessings, confidence, assurance, hope, love, faith, and mercy. I realized that I was not at an ordinary restaurant. I flipped the menu back to front in order to see where I was at. God's grace was the name of the place. The man returned and said, I recommend the special of the day. With it, you're entitled to a heaping portions of everything on this menu. You've got to be kidding, I thought to myself. You mean I can have all of this? What is the special of the day, I asked with excitement ringing in my voice. Salvation was his reply. I'll take it. I practically cried out. Then, as quickly as I made that statement, the joy left my body. A sick, painful ache jerked through my stomach, and tears filled my eyes. Between my sobs, I said, Mister, look at me. I'm dirty and nasty. 
I'm unclean and unworthy of such things. I'd love to have all this, but, but I just can't afford it. Undaunted, the man smiled again. Sir, your check has already been taken care of by the gentleman over there. And he, he said, pointing to the front of the room, his name is Jesus. Turning, I saw a, a man whose very presence seemed to light the room. He was almost too much to look at. I found myself walking towards him in, sh- in shaking voice. I whispered, sir, sir, I will wash the dishes and sweep the floors and take out the trash. I'll do anything I can do to repay you for all of this. He opened his arms and said with a smile, son, all of this is yours if you just come unto me. I, ask me to clean you up and I will. Ask me to take away the stains and it will be done. Ask me to allow you to feast at my table and you will eat. Remember, the table is reserved in your name. All you must do is accept this gift that I offer you. Astonished, I fell at his feet and said, Please, Jesus, please clean up my life. Please change me and sit me at your table and give me this new life. Immediately I heard the words, It is finished. I looked down, and white robes adorned me, squeaky clean body. Something strange and wonderfully had happened. I felt new, like a weight had been lifted, and I found myself seated at his table. The special of day has been served, the Lord said to me. Salvation is yours. We sat and talked for a great while, and I so enjoyed the time that I spent with him. He told me, me of all people, that he would like for me to return and come back as often as I'd liked for another helping from God's grace. He made it clear that he wanted me to spend as much time with him as possible. As it drew near time for me to go back outside into the real world, he whispered to me softly, and lo, I am with you always. And then he said something to me that I will never forget. He said, my child, do you see these empty tables throughout this room? Yes, Lord, I see them. What do they mean? I replied, these are reserved tables. But the individuals whose names are on the placard have not accepted their invitations to dine. Would you be so kind as to hand out these invitations to those who have not joined us yet? Jesus asked. Of course, I said with excitement. As I picked up the invitations, go ye therefore into all the nations. He said as I turned to leave. I walked into God's grace, dirty, hungry, stained in sin. My righteousness as filthy rags. And Jesus cleaned me up. I walked out a brand new man, robed in white, his righteousness. And so I will keep my promise to the Lord. I will go, I will spread the word. I'll share the gospel, I'll hand out the invitations, and I'll start with you. Have you been to God's grace? There's a table reserved in your name. And here's your invitation. Come as you are, no jacket required. For by grace ye save through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So if you're feeling like no one loves you, you're not worthy, no one wants to be your friend, or you don't want to live anymore, take heart because there is someone who wants to know you. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. 
Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.